Hey everybody and welcome to Blue Bros 2. This time it's personal. I am your host Brandon and with me as always is Caleb. Caleb, how's it going? I am just so excited to be able to look out my window and see snow. <laughs> I'm... The snow stuck around for you guys? Oh yeah, it's like all over the place here. I mean like a good inch or two. That's pretty crazy. I mean I only live like what? little over an hour from you yeah yeah all of our snow melted yeah well you suck (laughs) yeah it was really coming down today when i was at work and yeah it was really uplifting just makes you feel good yeah the fact that uh winter is right around the corner is just it's thrilling yeah, I um, I saw it snowing, and at first I thought it was just going to be like one of those like little blizzard or flurries. That's the word I was looking mm-hmm. for, where it doesn't really stick on the ground. But it went for a good portion of the day, and it's still sticking there. So yay for us. Thankfully, I don't have to drive all that far really anymore right. since we moved. Because that's, that's the thing that I hate most. Well, I don't know what I hate more, driving or having to shovel it. Uh, I would say shovel, and it's worse. But what's worse than all of that is having to put up with you. Uh, Burn! The feeling's mutual. I'll be here all week. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and since you are here, um, it is your turn for Did You Know? Did you know that Brandon sucks? Uh, 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 you got me with that one. No. Um, okay. So uh, serious. Did you know, though? I'm actually going to share something that uh, Brandon is well aware of now because we discussed this. And I thought it was very uh, worthwhile to mention on the show because it kind of blew my mind a little bit. And it's uh, something that we've talked about on the show before. Mm. Um, we're talking about Stranger Things. Mm. <laughs> and so if anybody remembers, um, the co-worker for Steve at Scoops Ahoy, wasn't it called, I think? Something like that, yeah. Something like that at the ice cream shop. Uh, there was a girl that was his coworker there. Her name was Robin. I found out that her name is, I believe she pronounces it Maya. And I found out who her parents were just through, you know, some of the random spam stuff that you get online. And I was shocked to find out who her parents were because they are very well known individuals in uh, Hollywood. So some people might don't know this, but Brandon and I, neither of us knew this. So uh, Maya is, in fact, Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's daughter. And so I'm, I hope everyone listening knows who those two people are, at least Uma Thurman. <laughs> um, if not, that's okay. You're probably that decent chance just means that you're rather young, but maybe not. 
depending what kind of movies you watch. Uh, Uma Thurman is most popular for the Kill Bill series, Pulp Fiction, and uh, the not-so-big-hit Batman and Robin. <laughs> uh, and then Ethan Hawke is probably best known for uh, Training Day with Denzel Washington back in 2001. He did some like cheesy chick flick drama stuff too. Uh, a couple other purge. Ah, yes. I knew there was something else uh, that was relatively well known there. He was in the purge. Uh, he was also in a movie from the nineties called Gattaca, a sci-fi movie. If anybody remembers that one from a long time ago. Uh, oh, assault in precinct 13. I forgot about that. Um, not that super um, well known. But the, uh, one well-known one, but a long time ago, was he was also in Dead Poet Society. So, Rock. I think he was also in um, Sinister. No, he wasn't. Shut up. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking. Did you, when did that come out? Um, not too long ago. Oh, he was in Daybreak. Within the last five years, I think. Sinister. 2012. 2012. Seven years ago. He is in that. He is? Oh, yep, yeah. there it is. There it is. That was a okay movie. He was in... Wait, what? Oh, the new Total Recall. <laughs> I was like, Total <laughs> Recall? I forgot. They, I, I, did you ever see that? The, the new remake? one? Yeah. No, I have not. I heard it was okay. I didn't either, so... Interesting. I just... I had no interest because... I like the original one. Yeah. Yep. So anyways, um, if you are familiar with those two, that actor and actress from Hollywood, it may surprise you that Maya is their daughter and the actress in Stranger Things. So that kind of surprised me. Honestly, kind of like when you look at her and you look at Uma Thurman, you can kind of see it. But anyways, that's a did you know, not not so crazy out of left field, did you know this week? But I thought it was well worth it with how much we talk about Stranger Things. So, oh yeah, yeah, that surprised me too. Um, I guess I really didn't even like look too far like into her history. I think I like saw her name and I'm like, oh, that's kind of a cool name. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's always kind of cool when your last name is Hawk. Hawk, <laughs> like Lincoln Lincoln Hawk from Over the Top. Tony Hawk. Yeah, Tony Hawk. You have to call me Dragon. <laughs> what was the other? Nighthawk was the other one, Night, right? Nighthawk, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, her acting, uh, Maya's acting career has not been super long. She just started um, acting in 2017. So. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought she was relatively new. Yeah. But moving on, let's move into our main topic. And the main topic for this week is the episode of The Office entitled Dinner Party. Um, usually when you see like a list of the best episodes of The Office, 
this is usually number one or number two. Um, you know, very popular one. It is from season four. It is episode nine. Uh, the plot for it is Michael invites Jim, Pam, Andy, and Angela to a couple's only dinner party, which makes Dwight very jealous. However, the only thing he's missing is a ringside seat to witness Michael and Jan's extremely dysfunctional home life. And that is straight from IMDb. Nice. That's that's a good uh, explanation of that. Yeah, it's nice wrapped up there. Um, I mean, if you guys have never seen The Office, uh, I can give you the cast here. Uh, you got Michael Scott played by Steve Carell. You got Jim Halpert played by John Krasinski. Pam Beasley is Jenna Fisher. Angela Martin is played by Angela Kinsey. Andy Bernard is played by Ed Helms. Dwight Schrute is played by Rain Wilson. Jan Levinson is played by Melora Hardin. And Melvina Whitaker is played by Beth Grant. And that is basically all the characters in this episode. Yeah, uh, I wanted to address that because it's rather interesting. I mean, first of all, The Office, as most everyone is well aware of, is relatively low budget or was mm-hmm. relatively low budget because they use so much of the same space and they didn't really like do anything too crazy for a majority. I mean, like, no, not so much. Uh, I'm sure that they had to at different points, CGI and different stuff. Like again, those um, sci-fi shows and everything, but this one is extremely entertaining and well done for the fact that it, takes place at one location pretty much the entire time with maybe the fewest characters used in an episode. Yeah, I think so. Um, You know, it starts off with, you know, they're at the office and, you know, you kind of find out that they're there doing some, some extra work. Like they have to stay late and work on things. Um, But we quickly find out that, you know, that was basically something that Michael made up <laughs> and he's, he's like, I'm going to call corporate. It's like, we don't need to be staying here late. And he puts on like this big show where it's, it's obvious that he's faking a phone call to corporate saying, um, we're not going to work late. You can't make us do this. These people are my friends and, uh, we're just not going to do it. And then he comes out and he says, you know, all right. It's like, it's like you guys can go home, have a good weekend. And like before that, he was talking to people like he said the gym, um, you know, what do you got planned? And Jim's like, well, like we got to work late, so don't really have anything planned. Michael makes that call, comes back out and he's like, hey, how would you and Pam uh, like to come over and have dinner with Jan and I? And Jim's like, oh, well, you know, maybe next time. And Michael's like, well, you said you didn't have plans. <laughs> <laughs> so basically he just like traps uh jim into uh you know he, there's nothing he can come up with so he, he's pretty much has to do it uh, and he also invites andy and angela uh dwight's upset because he doesn't get invited but michael says you know it's couples only he's like plus i only have six wine glasses <laughs> <laughs> so you know dwight being the you know, the proverbial kiss ass that he is is really disappointed that he doesn't get to go and and have a nice dinner party with his boss. Well, he's also Michael's best friend. Oh, he, he always says that. Yeah. 
Uh, I love how, like, throughout the whole thing, he, like, gives himself his own, like, titles and responsibilities. Like, he names himself the assistant to the regional manager, and then he names himself Michael's best friend. Yeah. Uh, and basically, he's there. He's just sucking up because Michael's his, his manager. And, you know, through the series, you see it all. And then you there's times, too, where he thinks that Michael's not going to be his manager anymore. And he just, like, quickly forgets about him. So, you know, it's obvious that he doesn't really care. He just, you know, he wants the attention. He wants the praise kind of thing. Try, trying to move up by being a sycophant. But. Uh, so, you know, once they get all that, that figured out and, you know, there's no way out of it. There, Michael's been asking for months trying to get them to come to dinner and he trapped them. You know, it's one of the few times where you get to see, like, Michael actually being clever and, <laughs> you know, somewhat somewhat smart compared to the way he is in the rest of the series. Uh, you know, there's a few other ones that stand out, like when he was doing the negotiating with the Michael Scott paper company. Um, you oh, see yeah. like these little glimpses of like almost like genius come out. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's funny because you get to see like, you know, sometimes Michael is really good at some things. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, he's like, He's like socially retarded, I guess, <laughs> for the most part. Um, I don't well, know. He just yeah, and then he also like yeah, just mid, uh, moments of genius. Another one being uh, when he landed that huge sale, and um, and Jan was with him, and they hooked up the first time. Yeah, um, I can't yeah, remember what it was like, with the city yeah, I can't or remember something. Either. I think it was something like that. Yeah, the city or like Lackawanna County or something like that. Something like that, yeah. And so he just like eventually like he finds his way through. And also another one that because I'm rewatching the whole entire show right now. And another one that popped up was when they had that conference and Jim was at uh, the other branch. Mm-hmm. And he said that they got an in with a company or he got an in with a company and they said that's impossible. They're exclusive to Staples. And he said um, that they weren't anymore. And just like that, at the most random times he will do something smart. <laughs> yeah. And you got to believe like that's what, you know, keeps him his job. Mm-hmm. That he's just completely devoted to the company. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they, he finally gets the people to come to his house. He's been trying for months. Uh, everybody shows up, and you you get to see like the inside of Michael's condo for like uh, one of the first times. I mean, the other time we got to see it is when he purchased it, and uh, Dwight came with him. But you know, things have drastically changed now that he's with Jan. Basically, Jan has ta- taken over his entire condo <laughs> and redecorated the whole thing. Uh, you get a, like a small glimpse right at the beginning of how awkward Michael and Jan's relationship is. Uh, they like excessively call each other babe, <laughs> which is, I don't know, to me it's just hilarious because there's a part where you know they're going to start a tour with um, Jim and Pam. It's like, would you like a drink or like, go on a tour? And Jim's like, yeah, well, we can take the tour. That sounds all right. And Michael's like, do you want to do downstairs or upstairs, babe? And she's like, it's your choice, babe. And he's like, all right, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to see they go on this tour and they're just it, 
this is like one of the most uncomfortable episodes, I guess. Yes. Like the office so does incredibly that a lot. Awkward. I and I struggle with episodes like that sometimes. <laughs> I I even was telling Kristen, my wife, about it where I was just like, I know when they're filming this that it's gotta be a lot easier to do because everyone understands what's going on. But mm-hmm. while you're watching it, you're thinking of it like as if it were real. And that just makes me uncomfortable watching it. <laughs> yeah, and one of the first things you get that's uncomfortable is, uh, you know, they go upstairs, they show, um, Jan- Jan's like, this is my office. And like, I was like, yeah, it's never been used. And you can see Jim and Pam give each other like a weird look. Uh, in the next room they go to and Jan's like, and this is my workspace. And it's full of candles. Uh, And Pam says, you know, you have a workspace and an office. She's like, yeah, I can't really, like, create and work with my candles in my office. Like, I have to have a separate space for that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and... and and for context, if people know this, uh, recall with this show, or it's been a while, this is the portion where Jan is unemployed. She's no longer working for Dunder Mifflin. Right. She so. was just released from Dunder Mifflin. Um, she attempted to have a lawsuit for like wrongful termination. Mm-hmm. And um, that didn't go as planned. Now she's got like her own candle business that she's trying to get off the ground. Quote unquote and, candle business. Yeah, basically <laughs> it's brought up a whole bunch of times. Uh, we'll get the to episode. that. Yeah, and it, and just in different ways. Uh, and you could tell at this part too, you get another glimpse into how awkward their relationship is because you know Michael says something, and you can see like just the look on Jan's face, and she's like, you know, sometimes I come up here when I'm just irritated or upset or mildly annoyed and I just smell my candles and it all goes away and Michael makes you know throughout the episode you see Michael like making little comments and stuff and Jan just like ex- obsessively smelling a candle to try to calm down <laughs> yeah that was, uh, just... she got <coughs> she got mad that time about the James bonfire yeah <laughs> <laughs> James Bonfire, James Bonfire, Michael Scott. <laughs> but uh, it's it's just the the little things that the show does like that. How you know it could just be a throwaway line, Jan saying that she smells candles to you know kind of calm down, and it just continues through the whole episode. And it's just you know little throwaway things like that that they're really good at with continuity. Uh, you know, they go into their bedroom and Michael Michael goes in with Jan and they're like showing the room and Jan like looks over and looks like mortified that there's a camera set up next to the bed on a tripod. <laughs> <laughs> and in an earlier episode, Michael talks to the women of the office. He like confides in them and like the relationship that they have and Michael makes a comment about how Jan likes to videotape them having sex and then makes him watch it and gives him pointers afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I so it's that. kind of like the reoccurring things too. Um, and Jan's like, Michael, I told you to put this away and you didn't do it. And Michael, you see Michael just like 
like a little giddy little smile on his face and he looks at Jim and Pam like he just wants them to know. <laughs> uh, and then from there, we get, uh, Michael says something about, or Pam mentions a little like uh, bench at the end of their bed and how it's cute. And Michael's like, yeah, that's thank you. That's my bed. And everybody just kind of pauses for a second and, and Michael says, yeah, Jan's got space issues, so I kind of just curl up on this bad boy and sleep here. And Jim's like, well, it's kind of small. Michael's like, no, it's not that bad. I just kind of curl up here, and Michael like lays down on it almost in the fetal position just so he can fit on it. <laughs> uh, you know, just making, their, just making Jim and Pam like, extremely uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. uh, and then from then, they go downstairs, and then Andy and... Angela show up and uh, you know, it's like they rehearse their lines because Jan and Michael do like the same thing. You want to go on the tour? You want to drink? Uh, it's up to you, babe, where you want to do ups- upstairs, downstairs <laughs> kind of thing. And you can see like uh, Jim and Pam kind of just look at each other. Um, yeah. I mean, after that you get, uh, they're just sitting around having some drinks. Um, they like open a bottle of wine and oh, what was it? Jan mentions about how they what what they're gonna have to eat and everything. And uh, Pam's like, yeah. So you know, when's it gonna be ready? And and Jan says, well, usually. Was it Osco, Osco Busco or something like that? They're having oh. some like Spanish dish. I don't even know, man. Yeah, she's like, it usually takes around three to four hours. And and Pam's like, three to four hours from like two hours ago? Or, and she says, uh, Jan says, um, you know, Pam, um, sometimes in Spain, they don't eat until midnight. And Michael says, when in Rome. <laughs> Which makes no sense, but that's kind of like a reoccurring thing too. Is that Pam is super hungry, and the meal is just taking forever, and it'll become it'll it'll just come in like little comments and like the little talking head moments they have in the show, where Pam keeps mentioning how hungry she is, and it takes forever for them to like get the meal ready. Yeah, that would I would lose my mind, man. <laughs> right and it, there's even a part two where she says uh it's like i don't care what happens i just want to eat and i know that's a lot to ask for at a dinner party <laughs> uh, um yeah and it's like shortly after that where um jan says something about putting music on so she gets up and she goes to cd player and she mentions how She's like, I don't know if you guys remember my my old uh, assistant, Hunter. He actually has a band. And she puts a CD on, and the name of the song is That One Night. <laughs> and basically, the song, it's it's heavily implied that... Uh, something Hunter, one night. <laughs> that Hunter and Jan hooked up or something, and she took his virginity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Which man. you can tell, like, it makes Michael feel really awkward, and then Jan starts doing this dance. 
<laughs> it's really, really awkward, and everybody just kind of sits around and looks at her. And at one point, she takes Jim's hand and tries to get him to get up and dance with her. And Jim just, like, kind of looks at Pam and then looks at Jan, and he just, like, sits there while while Jan, like, holds his hand and dances and, like, spins around and stuff. <laughs> oh, gosh. What were you going to say? Oh, um, I was just going to say that um, I was trying to remember some of the lyrics of that song. But it wasn't... So I'm trying to remember. It was Would that have happened when she was in a relationship with Michael, though? Um, that, that one night thing would have happened? Or did they take a break somewhere in there? I'm trying to remember. No, I... It was either right around the time when her and Michael were just fooling around and they weren't exclusive or um, after they split up for a little bit. Because there was a part where they split up for a little bit and Michael goes out with Carol, his uh, realtor, and he screws that up and then he gets back together with Jan. (laughs) Well, no, it wasn't during that. Um, Just like... uh short interjecting uh interjection here because right where we're at um they just disclosed their relationship with david wallace oh yeah and then the episode or two after that is the one where he uh michael fights for his raise and he Mm -hmm. goes to jan's office and that's where you meet hunter so they're in a relationship at that point so unless there's another break after that um she basically cheated on michael then with hunter um yeah i mean which is not surprising yeah it's not surprising because you could tell it's blatantly obvious through the series too especially early early on that michael is more into jan than she is in with him Mm -hmm. like she has some strange attraction to him that she can't figure out uh basically you know she got a divorce and her life is like spiraling out of control and Michael's like one of the few people that makes her feel good about herself or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) So basically she's just using him to make herself feel better while he thinks he's in a serious relationship. Um, Yeah. I feel like there's like another awkward moment as well where basically throughout the night, it was the music, and then that was where we left off, right? Yeah, and they started playing um, charades. Yeah, there we go. And, <laughs> you know, basically, Michael is just super wound up and shouting at everything, and you can tell it's just annoying Jan just greatly. Uh, and it's just... You could tell that they're just not meant for each other. And there's actually a part, too, where they start arguing by the doorway about, um, says something about, you want to do everything, why don't we just do everything you want to do, kind of thing. Oh, that's um, when Dwight shows up. Yep, because Dwight shows up shortly after uh, they play charades. He, mm-hmm. Dwight shows up with his own date. He shows up with a cooler and he shows up with two wine glasses. <laughs> because, er, like I said earlier in the episode, Michael says that, that uh, he only has six wine glasses. Yeah. And that's when the fame, uh, the 
famous, infamous, whatever dialogue happens that he and Jan have? Um, I mean, there's a few in this. Uh, the uh, the vasectomy about... one. Yeah. Um, they said they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And Jan's just like, I can't remember what that's all about. But she says, okay, it's like, let's just do what you want to do. Like we always do. And Michael's like, really? Like we always do. He's like, how about when I said that I wanted to have kids and you said you wanted me to have a vasectomy and what did I do? And then you said you might want to have kids and I wasn't so sure who had the vasectomy reversed. And then when you said you definitely didn't want to have kids, who had it reversed back? Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you have no idea the physical toll that three vasectomies have on a person. That's one of the best parts right there. Uh, and then, oh, what they were arguing about is that Michael was allowing Dwight to come in, and Jan didn't want him to be there. Um, yeah, shortly after that, they have like a talking head uh, part in the bathroom where Jim says to the camera that Jan and Michael seem to be playing this game of who can make their. Uh, their guests feel more uncomfortable and they're both winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, the, it, now an interesting thing that I want to bring up and I kind of want to ask you is uh, you, you were talking about Dwight and his relationship with Michael um, earlier. This is a weird point because Mike, Michael and Dwight go back and forth a lot on like, Okay, are they really friends or are they just coworkers and that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael sometimes hates Dwight, which there's so there's actually kind of something that doesn't make sense at the end when he doesn't want to leave with Dwight. But then when mm-hmm. Dwight shows up, he wants Dwight to come in and stay. And he originally wanted Dwight to come to the party, but Jan told him that he couldn't come because it was a couple's event. But he brought somebody with him, and he brought wine glasses. So <laughs> I like I kind of, that part. I mean, I get it. It's just like a simple, small scene and everything. But it's just like sometimes Michael wants Dwight to hang out and them to be friends, and then other times he just can't stand Dwight. So I thought that was kind right. of an interesting thing I picked up. I watched this episode at least like two, maybe three times to get ready for this. So. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen it probably like twenty times. I think in my in my life, um, I watched it twice last week. Uh, yeah, always funny. Um, it was right around this time too, where Jan has Pam and Angela go with her into the kitchen to go get more wine, and Jan is talking about how Michael's messy. It says to Pam, "He's like, I'm sure you know that from experience," and Pam laughs, says, yeah, and then she's like, wait, what? And she's like, oh, you can't tell me that Michael's really changed that much since you guys dated. And then Pam is almost, like, mortified. She's like, no, Michael and I have never dated. It's like, I've never wanted to do anything even coming close to resembling dating with Michael Scott. (laughs) But apparently that's not what Michael told Jan. And you can see, like, jealousy anytime Michael does anything for um, for Pam 
or like says anything to Pam, Jan just like burns holes through her with her eyes. Uh, there's a part where they're sitting in the living room and Pam is cold, so Michael like takes his jacket off and hands it to her. And uh, Jan just like stares holes through her and then she tells a story about why their sliding door is broken. Best story and, ever. Uh, Basically, what it was is that Michael ran through it trying to get to the ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> because he thought he heard the ice cream truck. Yeah, he thought he heard the ice cream truck. Uh, and he said it was it was so clean that he, it was like see-through and he didn't know that it was closed and ran into it and broke it. Uh, obviously a story that embarrasses Michael a lot, but uh, Jan doesn't care. She just wants to tell it. And it's just another like insight and how terrible their relationship is together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like it all comes to a climax where, you know, the food is finally done. They're sitting at a table. Um, Dwight and his date, who uh, actually was his babysitter as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Dwight actually brought folding chairs too. If you didn't notice that. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, that was one thing that I noticed this time watching it, that he brought his own folding chairs, too. Nice. So basically, he brought everything he needed. He brought his own food. He brought his own wine glasses. He brought a date. He brought a cooler to carry it all in. And then he brought his own folding chairs just so he could join. <laughs> Always prepared. Uh, so Jan starts bringing the plates out. Michael leans forward and says to Pam, like, uh, I would be, he's like, be careful with the food or something like that. And Pam's like, why? And he's like, I'm not quite sure, but I think she's trying to poison me. (laughs) (laughs) And you get like another talking head moment with Pam where she's like, I know Jan didn't poison the food. I know that. He's like, but the fact that Michael um, had to tell me is concerning. And if she's going to poison anybody, would you think it'd be me, Michael's former lover? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) if I think they're sitting down eating and, you know, having more awkward conversation and there's a part where Michael takes like his, his meat and he's dipping it in his wine and Jan asks him not to do that. Um, and he's like, I have soft teeth. You know this. Like, how dare you? Uh, they, like, the argument gets bigger and bigger. And I got one of like my favorite quote from the entire episode. And it's a back and forth between Michael and Jan. Because Jan gets upset and she starts playing um, Hunter's song again. And starts <laughs> like obsessively smelling candles. And Michael says... Jan thinks Hunter is very talented. You know what? I don't think he's that good. <laughs> At least he's an artist. BFD. I'm a screenwriter. And I'm a candle maker, but you don't hear me bragging about it. No, you just get me to try to work on my rich friends. For an investment opportunity. Oh, I'd love to burn your candles. You burn it, you buy it. Good, well, I'll be your first customer. Well, you're hardly my first. 
that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just shouting back and forth at each other while everybody just sits there like deer in the headlights. Um, <laughs> uh, and it ends with Jan getting irritated and she grabs one of Michael's Dundies and throws it at his TV. And oh, I the TV that we never talked about. We didn't even mention it. And it's one of the funniest parts. So there's a part earlier on with the TV where Michael's where they're doing the tour and Michael says, I've finally done it. I've broke down and I bought myself a plasma screen TV. And they like zoom out and show the TV and it's like 19 inches. <laughs> yeah, baby. And he has it on a wall mount. <laughs> uh, and he says, you know, I love this TV. I can stand here for hours and watch this. <laughs> and, uh, Basically, you find that the only things in the apartment that are Michael's are his Dundee trophies, uh, his plasma screen TV, and this terrible-looking um, end table that he made for Jan's candle to sit on. <laughs> what is that, chestnut? Uh, I think it's Nordic cherry or pine. <laughs> oh, I'm just terrible at these things. <laughs> No, that's what he says. Like that's the actual dialogue. Oh yeah, no, I know. And Jim was playing dumb. That that's yeah. one of my favorite parts right there. So, well, uh, and actually, a funny part too is that he mentions. Um, so when Jan breaks the TV, he he talks about good luck paying me back for a two hundred dollar plasma TV on your zero dollar annual salary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had that as another my favorite quotes. Uh, oh, sorry. I so I had that. I had the snip snap one. I had the whole exchange with the screaming. That's what she said. Uh, and the quote with the TV is that is a two hundred dollar plasma screen TV that you just killed. Good luck paying me back with your zero dollars a year salary plus benefits, babe. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I had to mention the $200 because it's kind of funny. Um, I'm looking at stuff, just kind of looking at what's going to happen on Black Friday because looking at maybe a TV. And so, gosh, when was that? Uh, what year do you think this episode came out in? Like 2006? Maybe? 2007. 2008. Okay. Yeah. Um, so 2008, so like a little over 10 years ago. Uh, so now here we are 10 years later. On Black Friday, depending on where you go, you could p- probably pick up a 55-inch flat-screen 4K TV for $279. <laughs> 55 inches, and he spent $200 on, like, maybe 19 inches. Yeah. So, <laughs> But it means he could stand there and watch it for hours. Yeah. Uh, Cracks me up. So, you know, all this comes ahead... Uh, their big argument around the table started with Michael taking down a painting and hanging, hanging up a St. Pauli girl beer sign, <laughs> uh, which I forgot to mention as well. Um, so a whole fight, she breaks the TV. They're screaming at each other. Um, they hear a doorbell and it's the cops and the cops say, you know, someone called the cops cause there's a bunch of shouting. So I want to make sure everything's okay. And, Michael says, well, my girlfriend just smashed my TV with a Dundee. And he's like, would you like to press charges? And he's like, well, will she get in trouble? And like, yeah, 
we'll take her to jail. And he's like, oh. He's like, no, don't do that. He's like, okay, then just don't press charges and they'll be okay. (laughs) And he's like, you know, maybe he's like, do you have a place to go tonight? Maybe one of your friends will go. And um, he instantly looks to Jim and Jim's like, no, my apartment's on fire. And James and um, Pam says, no, it's flooded. Remember, like, because he made an excuse earlier trying to get out of it by saying his apartment was flooded. Um, so it ends up like, of course, Dwight's like, he can come with me. And Michael's very disappointed about it. Uh, you know, the next thing you see, like, Dwight's driving around with Michael and he drives him around for a while until he falls asleep like a little kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we get Chip and Pam. They go to like a Cody Island place and they're eating hot dogs and um, Jim and Pam are like calling each other babe excessively like Michael Jan and uh, Jim's like I have to confess I did something bad babe and he pulls out pulls out Hunter's CD and they put it in the car and they're like singing along to it and like laughing at it and you get uh, Andy and Angela are having ice cream and you can see like some of the dysfunction in their relationship as well. Oh yeah. I don't know which one's more dysfunctional. Those two <laughs> are so screwed up. Oh, I think it's gotta be Michael Jan. <laughs> They're both pretty bad. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I've already kind of dropped my, my favorite quotes. Uh, and you mentioned how the, the Nordic cherry or, <laughs> Or pine table was one of yours. Did you have any other ones that were your favorite quotes? Uh, yeah. Um, the exact exchange that happened when Dwight showed up at the party. Mm-hmm. Um, so the door opens and Dwight's there with his babysitter, and Dwight says, Hello. Jan's like, What are you doing here? And Dwight replies, With, We came here to eat dinner and a party. This is a dinner party, right? <laughs> and then Pam's just like, awesome like she doesn't even care that she's hungry anymore because Dwight showed up so but I just love how he describes as we came here to eat dinner and a party (laughs) Uh, yeah so I mean kind of how we we talked about it um you know the show some of the writing and just like the dialogue and it is some of the best ever on a tv show and it's not even just this episode, it's the series in general. Yeah. I mean, along with that, like, the acting is incredible. Um, Steve Carell, he just does a great job as Michael in this series. Mm-hmm. And Jan, um, like, Jan makes it too. I feel like this, like, Jan has always done a lot of different stuff before this, and you see her different, like, um, I don't know, desperation mode or crazy mode whatever you want to call it where she acts really weird um but this was one that really highlighted her mm-hmm. and you know i i guess kind of give you the full picture of her level of crazy and it just i don't know it was perfect that it it she's used man i can't remember i feel like she kind of isn't used as much kind of after this point in the show quite as much um Except for maybe the baby incident and everything, but it was kind of maybe the pinnacle for her character. Yeah, because after this, uh, her and Michael split up. 
basically all stemming around this crazy dinner party. Um, yeah, and like like you said, she's seen a little bit later in the series. Uh, you know, when her and Michael T is like getting back together, when she is having the baby and everything. Um, yeah, but the more I watch the show, the more I come to like appreciate the character of Jan and oh, just yeah. how she changes through the series. Because when you first meet her, she is just she's Michael's boss and she's very like straight business, uh, not much of a personality, not much of a sense of humor. And you could tell that she's just very annoyed that she has to deal with Michael on a regular basis. Uh, mm-hmm. And as it goes on, you get to see, like, you know, that she's a, a insanely irrational and just borderline, like, insane <laughs> in parts of this episode. Uh, you can kind of see it because there's one where she just, like, hysterically laughs about something and Michael calls her the devil. <laughs> 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 where it's like, they're serious, but, like, they're joking, but they're serious at the same time. <laughs> And it's just really awkward. Um, and I mean, everybody else is great as well, but it's this episode really like brings out Jan and Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any other favorite quotes in this? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, well, the <laughs> another awkward one was when um, you talked about they were sitting down and they were drinking wine before she started playing music. Mm. And Michael takes a drink of the wine and he <laughs> says, that is sort of an oaky afterbirth. <laughs> and Jim's just like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then they don't address it all. Like, that's it. And then they just, like, move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you can see, like, the look on... Uh, Jan's face as well when he says that like she kind of just rolls her eyes <laughs> um, yeah there's like another part too that's kind of funny is uh, when Jan goes off with the, the women and she's you know talking about Michael and Pam being dating at one point uh, there's also a point where Michael Jim and Andy are in the garage and you can see like all of Michael's stuff in the garage and he's like trying to get them to buy into Jan's candle company. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's insanely awkward too. Like, did you know that candles are the number one like fastest selling product in this like the aroma? So it's like the home aroma market or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and like Jim gets a weird look, and then basically he calls out Michael for trying to like uh get them to buy in or make an investment in Jan's company. Yeah, and then he gets cut off by uh Dwight showing up. Yes. Um All right, yeah, I mean with that I've got a whole bunch of trivia and facts for this episode. I'm interested uh, for this. <laughs> I've got quite a bit here, so um, yeah, some really interesting stuff here. So they're the scene where they give the tour of the bedroom and uh, Jan collapses the 
the camera on the tripod and puts it under the bed. If you look between her and Michael, you can see a George Foreman grill set up at the bench where Michael sleeps. And it's oh. a callback to the episode called The Injury, where mm. uh, Michael calls in to Pam and he's like yelling and carrying on because he cl- accidentally clamped his foot in his George Foreman grill. And that happens because he likes to wake up to the smell of um, crackling bacon. <laughs> so you can see there that he hasn't really learned his lesson. <laughs> it's it still has the grill next to his bed. Uh, the cast has said that this was the most difficult episode to film out of all of them that he did because they couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> And there's actually scenes, too, where you can see um, Pam and Jim, especially, laughing in the background. And they were just left in there. Like, they they cover their mouths or try to, like, look away. Nice. I I believe the the part where you mentioned with the Oki afterbirth. And Jim's just like, wait, what? And then you could see um, Pam, like, covering her mouth, trying not to laugh. I think... um there was a part two where Michael was yelling at Jan and you can kind of tell that he's trying not to laugh. Yeah. I can't remember which part it was, if it was about the TV or if it was about uh, something earlier in that argument, but it, <laughs> you can, you can tell, you can see it uh, when you're watching him where it's just like, he's trying so hard not to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So I mentioned the part where um, Jan says to Pam that sometimes in Spain, dinner isn't even eaten until um, midnight. Uh, There's a part where dinner is served. You can see on Michael's watch that the time shows just a little bit after midnight when they're eating. Well, yeah, threat level midnight, man. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know if that was purposeful. uh, I'm sure it was which is just kind of crazy to think about. But if it wasn't, that's like a really crazy coincidence. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was the first episode to air after the writer's strike back in 2007, 2008. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, when it premiered, there was 9.2 million people that watched it. Nice. That's a, that's a good episode to kick off after that. Yeah, it really is. Um, And I mentioned earlier how Michael and Jan call each other babe excessively during the episode. Um, Every babe was actually in the script. It was all scripted. Nice. Which I thought, you know, I thought that was just something that the two people, you know, the two actors just decided to throw in there. Because, you know, with The Office, there was a lot of things that were scripted, but there was a lot of things, too, that were just open to improvisation. Mm-hmm. And some of the funniest moments throughout the series are all improv. Um, one of them that I can really think of is where Michael is hugging Oscar after they find out that Oscar's gay, and he's trying to show like everybody that it doesn't bother him that Oscar's gay. Uh, in the script, they were just supposed to hug, but Steve Carell like kiss Oscar in that, <laughs> <laughs> and it just took it like over the top. <laughs> The really like awkwardness and um, just Did the looks get... on their face are natural. Like Oscar's reaction to like kind of push him away and just like 
the cringe face he makes is, is all natural. Did they get it in one take? Do you know? Yeah, they did. Oh my gosh, that's that's amazing. That that's a good one right there. <laughs> uh, there's also a scene where, um, you know, they're in the kitchen and Jan is explaining that the dinner will take three hours. Uh, so earlier in the series. The reason, a lot of the reason why Michael and Jan get back together is because Jan gets a boob job. Yeah. <laughs> and she, in this episode, she's wearing like a really like low cut like V neck sweater. Um, when she's explaining about the dinner, you can see Angela staring down at Jan's breast implants, and she's just shaking her head disapprovingly. <laughs> <laughs> and that was all like improvisation, because Angela thought that would um, that's something that her character would do. Oh yeah, she's so straight laced, uh, and that was something I didn't notice until I I looked up like a bunch of facts on this and then rewatched the episode. And it's just it's funny. It's just really subtle but funny. Uh, so we mentioned Michael's prized plasma screen. Did you know that Michael's plasma screen is actually a flat screen LCD TV? Oh, how dare they! <laughs> Uh, I am which is funny because, which is funny because like how many people are really gonna notice that <laughs> unless they have that exact model or like they try to look up that model. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, it could have been planned because it's believable that Michael's character would just go buy an LCD TV and just say it's plasma, <laughs> or not even know that's a pla- uh, LCD TV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the broken TV is shown twice more in the series. Uh, there's an episode where Michael starts his own paper company and Pam goes to his condo to like help him start it up. Uh, you can see it in the background. It's still hanging on the wall. Nice. The screen's all busted up. Um, and a second time is towards the end of the series where they have a garage sale in the warehouse and Michael has it on his table attempting to sell it. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, actually, a funny thing is, uh, I didn't mention it earlier, but when you talked about the George Foreman girl, mm-hmm. that made another appearance, too. I don't know if you were aware of that, but yep. the uh, episode where uh, it was the bachelor party for Bob Vance. Mm-hmm. Vance and yeah, of Vance for Uh They had the party in the warehouse, and so he bought steak. Michael bought steak and was cooking it outside mm-hmm. and he brought his george foreman grill in and then ryan found out that it was the uh foot grill so yeah he's like is this the same grill that you clamped your foot in and michael just kind of like looks at him for a second and then he just like admits to it <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like i scraped all the foot off <laughs> uh and the last uh kind of fact i have here so the song that one night that was by Hunter from his album, The Hunted. Uh, that was written by the writers of the show, but it was performed by Ted Fancy, the guitarist and lead singer from the band The New Pornographers. I don't think I know them. Um, I've heard of them before. I don't think I've ever really heard their, like, listened to their stuff. Um, yeah, I've heard of the name before. Uh, they're kind of just like an indie rock band that was popular at the time. Okay. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's all I got for trivia and facts. Um, you want to go into grades? 
Uh, yeah, sure. If you want to, if you're ready for that. Yeah, so I'll drop the IMDb score for this. Uh, there isn't a Rotten Tomatoes one because Rotten Tomatoes only does movies. Um, but on IMDb, this is a 9.4 out of 10 for this episode alone. Mm. And that is for 4,503 reviews on that. Nice. Um, so what would your grade be out of five? I can easily go with five rocks on this because, um, I mean, it's in the context of the um, the TV show. And so with a good TV show, like my thought process of rating an episode of a TV show or a TV, um, any part of a TV show is kind of like comparing it to the rest of the show. And while this is a fantastic show and everything, this is one of, you know, easily the top five episodes, Mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion. So yeah, I can easily slap a five on that and, uh, be uh be good with that yeah i have to go with five as well um i've said before that this is my favorite episode of the office um and a close second is uh stress relief part one and two if you remember that by name it's the Uh, one where um they have the fire drill yeah and um stanley um, it has the heart problem and things like that. I remember part of it, but I can't remember what's in both parts. So, yeah, basically, uh, you know, Dwight sets up a fake fire drill to make sure like everybody's ready and like test them. Stanley has a heart attack. Um, they have to go through like CPR training. Dwight's reprimanded. Um, Dwight's reprimanded twice in the episode. Uh, and then after that, like Stanley comes back and they're trying to get him to relax. And then Michael has a a roast of Michael Scott. To oh, try to like, there we go. Because he says laughter is the best medicine. And he's trying to make Stanley feel better. Um, so that's basically the just ends part, up hurting right? Michael's feelings. Yeah, that's the second part of it. Okay, there we go. But yeah, I would say those are my two favorite. Uh, the dinner party is still my favorite. Uh, just because of how awkward it is and how uncomfortable it is and just all the funny continuity and little Easter eggs and stuff that you just keep noticing in the episode. Yeah. I I just think that it's really well done too. And then, like I said, it's impressive for that show to be able to, you know, take an entire episode, put it in one location with just a few characters and make it as well as they did. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, five rocks for sure. And with that, we can go into suggestions. Thank you. Yeah, you're every time now, don't you? I know, yeah, it makes me laugh every time now. (laughs) (laughs) So, suggestions this week, it's my turn. Um, Originally, I had The Office down as a suggestion. Um, 
you know, it's on Netflix, at least for the time being. I think, doesn't it go off Netflix, like, next year? Uh, Something I, like that. It's either 2020 or 2021. I don't know if I'm getting it confused with Friends, so. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, either way, I don't know, great show. If you haven't watched it, check it out. Um, I suggest watching from the beginning because mm-hmm. you get to like learn the characters and everything. Um, you know, I always suggest that to people because you know there was a few times where I watched it in college and I couldn't get into it, but once I watched it like right from the beginning, I really started to like it. And now it's like one of my favorite shows. And I'd say it's probably one of the top five favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so give it some time, check it out. Uh, you guys should like it. Uh, and the other suggestion I have is I've been watching this show called Cold Case Files on Netflix, no. and it's about true crime. It's about um, cases of you know kidnapping, murder. You know, I've almost gone through the season they have on there. They all have been mur- and murder. Uh, basically, like you know, they investigate it. They can't find out who did it, so the case goes cold because they have no more leads. Somebody revisits it like years later. Some of them are been like twenty years later, and um, you know, with advancements in technology and just you know, different witnesses coming forward and everything, they end up solving the crimes and like, bringing the killers and stuff to justice. Oh, and, so do they solve all of them? Yeah, every single one of them has been solved. Oh, seen. okay. Yeah, so it's it's really interesting just what goes into it. Some of the you know, some of the crimes and stuff are just crazy, like that take like twist turns and everything that you don't expect. But yeah, really interesting show. Um I think the last season of it was 2017. Uh, it was on a- Annie for a while. Uh, it took a f- couple year hiatus and they brought that one season back. Since then, I haven't seen any more episodes. Um, it is on Netflix. It is on Tubi as well, which is free. And I think it's also on Amazon Prime. So, you know, if you have any streaming platform, odds are it's on there. So, you know, just give it a look. I, I've been enjoying that this week. Nice. Uh, is there anything else that you want to bring up before we wrap up the show? Nope, I think we're good. All right. Okay, so now we come to our portion where we drop one-liners. And I can't remember who went first last time. Do you remember? Mm, I think it was me. I can't say for sure. It's been a couple weeks, but I think it was me. All right. Okay, so I'll drop mine here. And it is... It's a, it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger one, so I have to do my terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation so you get the feel of it. There's someone in my house eating my birthday cake with my family, and it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> and that is from the movie The Sixth Day. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good, that was a good one. Because um, the only thing better than one Arnold is two Arnolds. <laughs> exactly. Arnold clones. All right. So what do you get? Uh, well, I'm going with his uh, kind of partner in crime, Sylvester Stallone. We're heading back to 1993 
with uh, one of my um, favorite Sloan movies, Demolition Man. And uh, his character is John Spartan. And so his quote is, and I can't, I wish I could do Stallone well, but I can't. It's like, (laughs) 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 but I'm just going to say, you're going (laughs) to, I butchered that. Okay. I need to stop doing that because that's going to mess me up. You're going to regret this for the rest of your life. Both seconds of it. (laughs) (sighs) I forgot about that quote. I was looking up one-liners and I was like, oh my gosh, I remember that quote. Uh, That's hilarious. Um, Man, it's been a long time since I've seen Demolition, man. I know. Uh, It's been a long time since I've seen Six Day as well. Yeah. Well, Demolition Man, Sandra Bullock, and... um, Wesley Snipes? Yep. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then Six Day... Oh, crap. Who's the other main guy in that? Uh, Terry Crews is in it. I know that. He plays okay. like one of the henchmen. Uh, Michael Rappaport. There you go. That's that's who it is was. It? But he like... Uh, Michael Rooker is in it. Yeah. Talk about these movies and you watch them again. Robert Duvall is in it as well. Robert Duvall is always a good actor. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that quote always makes me laugh because of how Arnold has such a hard time with words like air and hair and birthday and ferret. Hero, hero, birthday. I feel like uh, it's almost like an, a disadvantage or an advantage if you do an Arnold quote just because of his accent. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I feel like that. Uh, that was just like the first one that popped in my head, and I'm like, oh, I got to use that one. Yeah, well, there's that. I feel like they almost copied it, or, or maybe it was vice versa. But what, what's the one from uh, Jingle All the Way? Um, Those are my cookies. <laughs> Who told you that you could eat my cookies? <laughs> Uh, that's it. yeah, him and Phil Hartman. Oh man, uh, Phil Hartman, jeez. But yeah, with that, we will get that posted up there. You guys can vote on it. Um, so far, I am winning three to one, I believe. Dang it, four to four to one. I think. What? No, <laughs> it's either three. I think it's three to one. You suck. Yeah, I think we need to because I know you've won once. I think we need to do it where. Either we both do Arnold quotes or we try to do quotes from the same pe- person or maybe quotes from the same. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> Arnold is the easy way out. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to set some guidelines, at least for Arnold ones. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Like if we do Arnold ones, we both do an Arnold quote. <laughs> All right. That sounds like a plan. But, uh, anything else? Uh, nope. I think we're good. All right. And uh, with that, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I am Brandon. He is Caleb. And this time is personal.
you'll find.